Welcome to the Wraparound Love Podcast, where you will hear the very difficult stories behind why people make the choices that they do. As we share these stories, you will be inspired by how the love of God transformed each person's life when individual Christians chose to consistently engage by simply being someone who gave what we call wraparound love. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Wraparound Love podcast. My name is Janine Wagner, and I'm the host, and I'm here with Barbara Robinson. Hello, Barbara. Hey, Janine. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Do you want to say what's on your t-shirt today? My t-shirt says, half hood, half holy. So pray with me. Don't play with me. And that is true. (laughs) You do want to pray with Barbara, and you do not want to play with Barbara. Amen. Today we're going to continue our conversation about your three children, Chaynesha, Chaylesha, and Charles, Mm -hmm. who spent the majority of their life in foster care, but were able to come back with you and live with you once you got your life cleaned up. And the last episode, we talked about how they still had this draw into Mm -hmm. the gang life and that type of thing. So today we're going to continue that conversation with maybe some some specifics. And this ultimately ends with the arrest of your son, Charles, for a double homicide. Right. Let's go to March of 2014. And I have a, an article that was written about you and your daughter, Chanesha, that I'm going to read. It says... An Omaha man who has been in and out of jail for violence was back in court Thursday, accused of beating a 17-year-old girl after she refused to stop hanging out with a group of girls. The teen's mother, Barbara Robinson, said her daughter was walking with a group of girls when this man walked up to her and told her the girls were affiliated with a different gang than his. He then told the teen to stop hanging with them. When she refused, Robinson said he struck her and threw her to the concrete. The girl's collarbone was broken, and she is currently recovering in the hospital. Barbara, what was happening? So she was hanging out with this guy. He was in a gang, and she was with other people, and he didn't like that. What was the situation? Honestly, this is when... She had be, started becoming distant from me. Um, I really couldn't put a finger on exactly what she was doing. And I'm, I'm just going to speak to you point blank. My background in gangs was with Crips. And so she was hanging with um, some blood females. And the person who they mentioned, he was a Crip as well. There were so many different stories pertaining to this incident that I really don't know exactly what happened that day because she said one thing to me one day and then another day she said something else and then the officers and then she refused to talk um, to anybody and then the officers um, ref- they he went to jail but he had, the charges had to be dropped um, as a mother um, I was very upset. As a former gang member, I wanted to see um, vengeance and take revenge out on myself. As a person and a woman of God, 
I had to do what was right. As a gang interventionist, I had to do what was right because people were watching me. And even though my children weren't paying attention to the decisions that I was making, I had to do what was right. Even though in my inside of me I felt something different, I had to trust in God and trust in the process and do something different than what I would normally do. So this is one of the first times in, in this scenario type of scenario plays out publicly for you many times over the coming five years. And that is where you or one of your children are in the headlines for something affiliated with gangs. Yes. And you choose to step in and allow the process to happen. Yes. And in this article, as a matter of fact, you encourage, you say... If you become a victim, don't continue to be victimized. If you see your friend as a victim, don't continue to be victimized. Stand up because we have to put a stop to it one way or another. And so you're encouraging people to go to the police to report things. And that is not something that probably most people that you have been around would say is anything close to a good idea. Um, that is something that I wouldn't have said before it was a good idea until our community started being plagued with violence of all types on each other. Violence of all types. Uh, assault, stabbings, shootings, murder. So many friends, so many children that I've worked with in schools just murdered. So many friends' kids murdered. It was starting to be a norm, just murder. And my children were attending funerals. They were wearing buttons. They were wanting revenge. They were hanging out in different spots. And I could not help but feel responsibility for what my children were going through and other people's children because I first embraced the game. So you feel a responsibility it was very different when your kids were teenagers, but you felt responsible because you were part of bringing that into North Omaha. Because you were, as we learned several episodes ago, you were part of that initial Crips crew in North Omaha. Yes. So what was it like 2014, 2013, 2015... When you are a gang interventionist, you're a community leader, and at the same time, you have exactly what you're trying to fight publicly happening in your home. It was very hard for me as a mother. It was also hard for me as a community person. There were certain people in high areas who didn't take the time to rely on the person that they saw and the way, the things that I have done at that present time, they wanted to rely on who I was and not who I am. And it was causing a conflict in my mind, in my home with my children. Um, there was a, a lack of respect starting to come for the work that I did. Um, for the people that I worked with, the uh, community, other community leaders, because my children knew 
the honest mom. And my children knew that I fought with my heart, that I came to rescue individuals or work with individuals with all my heart. And when something happened with my children, people would question me. And as I said, I didn't live in West Omaha, East Omaha, Bellevue, and then want to come help in North Omaha. I was born and raised in North Omaha. This was right out my front door, right in my family. And we actually started being in the spotlight um, as well in 2012 when I found my brother murdered in his own home. So you are not just a gang interventionist and all of those things. You are also a victim. Yes. Your brother's murder to this day is unsolved. Yes. And in reality, most of these gang murders are unsolved, even though people know who did them. And police. What in late 2014, we had John Tavius Swift murder, and there were many other murders. It was just really accelerating. No one was ever arrested. Why why was that? When it comes to John Tavius Swift... I'm very um, frustrated with that situation because he asked for help and a ride to his door. Because he knew they were coming for him? He knew something was going on. He knew it and he asked for help and they put him on the bus and had him walk home anyway. And it just angers me. It angers me. Um, his family, I grew up with his family. He grew up with my, my daughter. And on his death day, there's another person who I grew up with, who her child that they consider representing another hood was killed or was killed in another neighborhood. And you have two babies killed on the same day. And I don't believe either one of them was 17. They may not have even been 16, but I know for sure not 17. I mean, I remember that time frame. I remember it was just nonstop. Nonstop. How did you process all of that death? And like you said, this you knew these people. Your kids knew these people. How did you process all of that? I think, I honestly think God did something in me because for even the person who was accused of assaulting uh, my daughter... There had been some individuals who had shot at my son. I was able to meet and talk and see both sides and be forgiving. There was a person who went to court on another murder who possibly had something to do with my brother's murder. And I was able to support his family. I don't know. The more I trusted in God, the more he did things. Um, for me, but I have to admit that I became so busy in pouring out that I wasn't getting filled up myself, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So all of this is going on in the community. You have very real fears for what you see with your own kids, and then I'll just kind of insert myself in here for a second. I will. Never in my life 
forget the day you called me and told me that Charles was arrested for a double homicide. I knew all of these stories from you. I knew what was going on with the kids, but I just, because I knew Charles and I saw that sweet Charles, I was so shocked by that. And I'm sitting here with you and I just am reliving and seeing the heartbreak all over again in that day. So I remember you talking about going to see him in jail. I got to see Charles the day he was arrested in the interrogation room, which was a dirty trick. And I knew it was. I knew they were somewhere listening, trying to see what my son would say to me or what I would say to him. Because there's no parent that they let go into an interrogation room and talk to their kid. But to see my son laying down on the floor in there and putting up, putting on this mask and just wanting to go lay down, that right there, things started changing for me. And people started changing on me. My child, my baby was accused of a double homicide. I am not taken away from the sisters who have lost their brother the mother who lost her son, I am not taken away from them because they are devastated. They really don't, the mother, one of the, the mother really don't speak to me. And one of the sisters, I ended up having to work with her. And she did her job when she had to train me. I don't take away from them and, and the loss that they have. And every time um, I go to a FOTS, event, I make sure those two men are represented at the FOSS event. Because not only did they lose, they lost the physical sight and physical touch. I lost my son as well, but I can still go visit him. But they lost a lot too. So I don't want to take away from them. But I tell you that, and I don't want to say but, because that cast out everything. They lost some things and somebody heavily. My son is sitting in prison now. And at that time, people who I worked with and people who I trusted started changing on us. I think we want to highlight the pressure on you and your family at this time because you are a public figure. So the day after this happened, this is the headline. 16-year-old charged in double homicide was connected to gang. Mother says that's a headline. And then it opens with an anti-gang activist whose 16-year-old son is charged in the shooting deaths of two men at a party acknowledged Tuesday that the teen has ties to the 37th Street Crips. Barbara Robinson, the program manager for Impact One Community Connection and Omaha Anti-Violence Group, said she stands by her son, Charles Trotter, but she said he, along with an older son, is connected to the street gang. So out of the gate, <laughs> this story is about the fact that he is your son. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, in the next episode, talk about the trial, which was absolute insanity. One of the few mistrials, I think there's, I've read that there's usually only two mistrials a year in Omaha. And his trial was one of them. So you are grieving for this family. I mean, I want to pause for a second and acknowledge something you said. For people to understand what a small community North Omaha is, 
the fact that you work with, you were trained for your job, current job. Not the current job, another job. A previous job. job by the sister of the victim of the person that your son is in jail. Yes. And you can do that together is just unbelievable. What does that say about the North Omaha community in general? We numb ourselves a lot. We numb ourselves a lot. Some of us are numb, some of us are delivered, and some of us pretend. That's what I can say. That's what I see. Yep. So Charles is arrested. So from my seat, my first, I had two reactions. My first reaction was, and I don't want to disparage anyone's loss, but this was my first reaction. I don't believe he did that. And my second reaction to you and what I said to you was, why is it that all of these murders have taken place over the past six months? Not one person has been arrested and your son is arrested within 48 hours. <laughs> that never made sense to me. And, you know, I do enjoy a good conspiracy. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. lie about that. But logically, that did not make sense to me. And over time... I don't know what you want to speak about, kind of what your thoughts are on what happened with Charles being arrested. And he was convicted, and we are going to talk about the trial. But just overall, why do you think that happened? I mean, I was the anti... I was, as you say, the bell of the ballroom. Or the bell of the ball. And here's my son hanging out. And I'm, and I'm not going to lie. You know, so many people have lost a loved one or have a loved one arrested and said, oh, he wasn't in the game or he wasn't this and he was so good. And No, my son had issues. And my son, um, one of my sons grew up in foster care and the gang was more of a family to him than I was. And Charles was searching. He didn't have a father. He, he was searching for someone and he connected to those boys who connected to him. I'm not going to lie and say, no, he, he didn't know game. No, he wasn't a part of no game. No, I ain't never been in the game. Now, I, I wasn't going to lie and say that. And I think some people cannot deal with a person being brutally honest with them. And then they create their own theories. And there were uh, some people that I were working with who wanted to be to the community who I was, but they couldn't because I was a butthole in my community. I was a menace in my community and they saw the transformation and I had credibility and trust and I also had understanding and they did not. And so they worked with certain officers, I believe, and they uh, went against my son. And they went against me so bad that I couldn't even sit in the courtroom when my son was going to trial. And no one else who I trusted, no one else did. People who were saying they had it for me, had it, they didn't. You know, like I said, it's, your dad came away from Minnesota. Nobody, nobody who was standing next to me when they were taking pictures or asking who helped me change my life, who did this, who did that. Nobody. Not for my son. No one. And we were, my kids was even attacked at the courthouse. And my kids were arrested. 
I think that through this process has been one of the greatest disappointments for me is seeing how you were just kind of dropped. Mm-hmm. And it was like now people didn't want to be associated with you. And, and sometimes I felt like people did want to be associated with you because it was a positive. And now that it was a negative, it just felt like you were dropped. Yep. And that led to, I think, some real grieving for you over the process of this. But I want to close this episode because I, what I want all of us to understand about Barbara, the Barbara that I know, the Barbara that I am friends with, is that you always have integrity and you've always told the truth and you never did anything because you could have done the opposite. You could have chose to use your influence to protect your son. You knew a lot of very powerful people in Omaha and you probably could have used that to your advantage if you wanted to. But instead, what you chose to do was to honor the family. And so after this happened and you're being interviewed here, it says, it says Robinson's eyes filled with tears Tuesday as she offered condolences to the Lovejoy and Joseph families. She said she doesn't understand how or why her son has gained ties, but she said it's a problem many North Omaha parents face. I feel angry, she said. That's what makes me fight even more because it's right here at home. I don't live at 108th and come down here to help. I live right here in the middle of it. This is the community I'm going to change sooner or later. Parents of suspected gang members, Robinson said, have to stop holding secrets, crying, my son is not in a gang. He got killed. He's been accused. They're enabling and abetting this behavior that has plagued this community. And that is the Barbara that I know. Complete integrity and willing to say the truth, even if it hurts the people that you love. And that is what bothers me for what comes next. And so we're going to pause the story for today. And the next episode is going to be about the trial, which is um, pretty unbelievable pretty what happened. Heinous. <laughs> yeah. As we close this out, you know, you think about just any parent. It's not even related necessarily to gangs, but any parent that is just fearful for where their kid is at and fearful for their future, which is really so many parents can relate to that. What have you learned? What advice would you give them? (laughs) First of all, I would tell you that today, as I sit here, I have eight children and I have children right now that I am afraid This is not, I'm afraid for what is going on in their lives. But the one thing that I do all the time is I I don't hold the secret in about what's going on. I I remember the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And so I like to talk to different people. I like to talk to God. 
I talk to my pastor. I talk to the people that I have close covenant with so that we can make choices and decisions on what do I do next. Because as a parent, I do not know at all at all. And I have eight children and they all have different personalities. The advice I could give you is don't be embarrassed to ask for help. Don't be embarrassed to uh, stand up for your child and advocate. And also, when God tells you to let go sometimes, let go. Because if you're praying to him, he'll tell you that too. That's all I have. Thank you, Barbara. If you are enjoying Barbara's story and you feel like this story deserves to be heard, we would really appreciate if you could rate and review us on iTunes and then also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And that's the Wraparound Love Movement. And um, just share any contact content and help get this story out because part of what we know is that when things are in the light, when truth is in the light, when people can hear stories that they can relate to, then they can believe that life change is possible despite circumstances. And Barbara continues to have hope despite her her circumstances. 